Do you remember how to count? T-squared. 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 Hello, Eric. Well, hello, Matt. It's been a while. How are you? It really has been. Uh, I'm good. Uh, to everyone out in Podlandia, welcome to T-squared, a teaching and learning podcast. That's what we call ourselves, right? Yes, that's right. Teaching and technology podcast. Well, that's what the T-squared is. Yeah. For those of you, I mean, I don't know exactly when this will go out, but it's been a long time in a couple of senses, uh, one in the sense of the last time we recorded, but also here at Grand Valley, uh, we are just off of an entire week of snow days, which is uh, a first that anyone can remember ever happening. School so, record. School record, mm-hmm. yeah. Michigan was just closed for the, the whole week last week. But Crazy. And now it's in the 40s. Yeah. And so, everything's melting. So that's Michigan if you don't like so, the weather. Just. So from negative whatever, 5 to 45, you know, now we find ourselves in a big melt which is okay with me. Yeah. I don't have to shovel my driveway. Exactly. You just have to pedal your way out of your driveway. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, uh, we want to have a special episode this time in discussing what we're going to do. Uh, Eric and I decided that maybe this would be a great opportunity to talk to uh, our two digital media developers here at Grand Valley. So uh, for the first time ever, we'd like to welcome a guest to the T-Squared podcast, um, Hunter Bridwell, say hi. Hey, hi, thank you for having me on. Yeah, and it's your two-year anniversary. You've been yeah. working here for two years yeah, now? officially. Yeah, I conned you guys into hiring me, and I've st- stuck with me ever <laughs> since. So, This is the coffee pot at work. Listen to it perk. This is not a tradition, although we could start it as one, but Hunter brought the coffee this week. So um, we have here um, from Sparrows, which is another local uh, coffee shop chain. Um, one all- of the older coffee shop chains. Is here. it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one, not you know, obviously not the original one to coffee, but um, they've been around f- since I was in my undergrad, and that was. Longer than I care to admit. No, so, how old are you? I mean, thirty, gonna be thirty-two in May. So yeah, I've got ten years on you. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But th- they've been around for a while. Yeah. Um, though I think you just said that uh, this coffee was actually roasted at Shul. Yeah. So they actually just um, they've worked out a deal with Shul where that Shul is their coffee roaster and Shul's been roasting coffee in Grand Rapids for uh, even longer time than Sparrow's been Established 1981. There you go. There you go. Uh, so it's older than me and the coffee beans aren't, but uh, the <laughs> company is. So they actually just have you know this relationship formed and have been working with them. Um, and it seems like it's been pretty successful so far. I have some friends on the inside, so that's really the only area. I did not know that. And Sparrows is located, what, East Town area? East Town, two yeah. locations. Yeah. Uh, there isn't two locations any longer. Oh, the second one closed? Yeah. Pre- rent is not cheap on right Bridge Street. Yeah. Go figure. So uh, they went back down to one. Yeah, but it's right across the street from 
uh, Atomic Object. Uh, Eric and I visited Sparrows when we went over to Atomic Object. It was a very easy convincing Eric to go get coffee after our meeting. <laughs> while we're here. Yeah, I, I literally said, while we're here. And Eric made this, like... You turned. It was just like one seamless motion. So luckily was, there were no cars coming. Yeah, I walked across the yeah, street. I was almost impressed with his uh, his movement. Uh, yeah, Hunter has inside knowledge of the coffee industry here that apparently we don't have. Mm-hmm. So he's a valuable addition today. Uh, today we've brewed up some cauca beans from Colombia, and you know we've got some tasting notes on the side, but maybe we should taste it first. So uh, as always, the on air pour. Uh, Eric has the better cup for that. Now, usually we split this halvesies, but you know. <laughs> you have to sprint it, uh, split it three ways now. My Chemex is only so big, so. <laughs> Anybody else feel gypped by quantity? Mm-mm. Okay. I'm good. Very good. Well, we usually say that it's good. <laughs> so, so maybe we can get some more descriptors here this time around. Sniff. For the past week, I have been drinking a coffee through this snowstorm that was, in its uh, flavor notes, described as ash. So everything feels a little lightly roasted to me, <laughs> this included, but on, I, it's still very good. Um, it's just not... Uh, it's not a dark roast. It's not black as midnight on a moonless night sort of situation. <laughs> um, it's a nice, refreshing change for me. I like it. What does the bag say there, Matt? You all right. Know, I know you're, yeah. you're going all out. You're, <laughs> yeah, I was you're slurping and you're, stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, so it says rich mouthfeel with brown sugar sweetness. Yeah, I guess it feels kind of sweet compared to some. Yeah. Notes of cherry, milk chocolate, and citrus. See, for myself for this last week, I've been drinking um, nothing against the fine people at the Kalamazoo Coffee Company or whatever in Kalamazoo, Michigan. But, you know, it's beans from Meyer that have been on the shelf for however long. So I felt that it was a very flat kind of flavor. What um, what were you drinking from Kalamazoo Coffee? uh, Backpackers. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just had a bag of their killer beans i think again because i'm a sucker for dark roast mm-hmm. uh i really liked that but yeah it was definitely like i felt like it had been sitting on the shelf for a minute i was happy to finish that bag off mm-hmm. <laughs> and that again is no slight on calman's no, i had no. their fresh stuff before yeah. but it had been also in my fridge for a while too so that was probably on me well, this the roast date on this Sparrows coffee here is January 31, so you can't oh, wow. get much more fresh. That might yeah. be the freshest we've ever um, uh, drunk. And actually, I, th- I think we should um, make the point, not only did Hunter bring the coffee, but this was contributed directly from... Mm-hmm. From Sparrows uh, yeah. themselves. So uh, Thank you, Sparrows. Yeah, thank, thank you, you very much, Sparrows. Yeah. Um, Visit uh, thesparrowsgr.com for more information. And then, you know what? I like their little slogan here. They've got... Placing our passion and knowledge into each cup with you always in mind. That's right. I like that. Definitely feels low acidity. That's yeah, awesome. and generally, uh, from my understanding, South American coffees have lower acidity than hmm. like African coffees. 
I don't know why that is. That's what my smart coffee friends tell me. Mm-hmm. And that is me regurgitating that information <laughs> I learned from them. <laughs> what, do they, what do they tell you about the elevation? Uh, supposedly this, I don't this know. one, elevation, I, 1200 to 1700. So higher elevations and lower elevations. I would be make interested. Yeah, I would be interested in learning that because, I mean, that might have something to do with something, but I am a rube when it comes to this sort of thing. Oh. If he's a rube, what's under a rube? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. If you like to look at good coffee, listen to good coffee, smell good coffee. At some point, we, we stop talking about coffee, and we start talking about other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mentioned that uh, today is Digital Media Developer Day, and I guess maybe the first place to start, Hunter, is just... Uh, to be honest, I mean, um, when we hired you, when we hired Justin, we kind of made up the term digital media developer. I mean, there's lots of I job like, titles out there. I like the term a lot, to Do be you? honest. Okay. Yes. Um, I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. Well, tell me why. And tell me what you understand your job to be. Yes. So why I like the term digital media developer <laughs> is because it's very vague, uh-huh. which means I can wrap up a lot of the things I'm good at and like doing into my job and call it my job very well. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm still like benefiting faculty and students mm-hmm. and I get to do a lot of things that I wouldn't necessarily get to do if I was video technician or right. something like that, that is very specific to a task. Mm-hmm. So I like it nice and broad. Mm-hmm. So digital media, pretty broad. Yeah. That can span anywhere from mixed reality to video, like you said before, mm-hmm. or audio, mm-hmm. or di- you know, digital and photography. You have a good yep. photography background. Yep. Generally what they say, what was it? Mastery of something is so many hours of whatever mm-hmm. the thing you're doing. I definitely have that in on Photoshop um, <laughs> for sure. My, my life in Photoshop, I've done with specifically just Photoshop, um, I did product stuff for Walmart and Amazon and all these other bigger companies. Um, well, I've done that for smaller companies to be put on those websites. I've done um, image restoration for old, like antique photos and things like that. Uh, I've done just good old fashioned senior shoots mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. you know I've so if you have a child about to head off to college yeah. you can uh, contact <laughs> yeah i'd rather uh i i tried to kind of get out of that game but um i you know honestly i still love doing the very intricate like restoring of old photos and things like that it is like a digital zen garden mm-hmm. for me like going through and fixing all these little things mm-hmm. and like just meticulously kind of almost mindlessly like picking these things out and trying to make them better enhancing them for people it's a lot of it's something where you can kind of turn your brain off but still kind of be focusing on something kind of like driving um <laughs> not that i say i'm not focusing on my driving but no it's kind of very much the driving effect where you know you can pop on a podcast such as yeah. t squared and okay. uh advertise the show on the show right um but you can pop on a podcast and be listening to that and then all of a sudden like that was your morning right all of a sudden you're hitting lunchtime and you got all this work done and it feels very much like you got something done but you didn't have to kill yourself on it but 
So you're we're a big fans of not killing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I can imagine that would be pretty awesome to restore those memories. Yeah, yeah. I've done it actually for a few faculty here at Grand Valley, and it's mm-hmm. been very interesting to see, see kind of a, a, a view into their world, but also the yeah that appreciation and knowing that they're kind of getting something out of that, even if they just pass through those pictures mm-hmm. once, you know, they they can pull back those memories. So, actually, my final. I don't know if I told you guys about this. My final project for my master's thesis, part of it was I went around to all these old, um, or I went around to like Goodwills and stuff in rural Michigan, and I found cameras that still had film in them. Hmm. And so I extracted the film and I processed it. And so I had these images that were like, no one had ever seen before because no one processed the film. And so now I have these it's kind of creepy, but I have these people's <laughs> pictures uh, in a book. I haven't done anything with the book, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's a thing I've been working on. So, oh, interesting. It's a collection of images through somebody else's you know view through somebody else's world, and who knows if they'll ever see them. But yeah. so a day in the life of a digital media developer, what hmm. what are you doing these days? A few things. A lot of kind of what I mentioned. A lot of what I've done i do do a lot of video with faculty um we also and you'll hear about this from justin it, we manage our panopto server uh, our panopto panopto service at grand valley so that's pretty much grand valley's version of quote-unquote youtube um but also i end up creating a lot of uh content specifically video and uh as well um, mixed reality and augmented reality virtual reality, these sorts of things as well. These are kind of been, um, they started a little bit more as like pet projects for some faculty that have turned into full-blown uh, final projects for faculty for their in their courses. So um, for instance... Yeah, I was just going to say, tell us about yeah, something. So, you, uh, you did something with augmented reality with a vision loss app yeah, or something, yeah. right? So there is this thing called a left field cut. And what a left field cut is, is essentially after someone has had a stroke, often uh, the left side of your vision is cut. That's not always the case. My mom actually had a stroke uh, when I was in high school and she lost a spot in her vision in her top right corner. When that cut happens, it's not like your brain registers that as just a black line that gets cut. Um what your brain does naturally is try to help you survive and realign, right? So it, not physically, but um, it realigns your vision. If everything is cut on the left side, it pushes everything to the right. People with this are often trying to walk outdoors and they catch the side of the door because everything is pushed to the side. Um, They're not, like I said, they're not just seeing the black. So, uh, our faculty in uh, occupational therapy uh, specifically had been dealing with this whole thing of like, how do we show this to students? How can they better understand what future patients they have will, you know, that are dealing with those, what they're experiencing so they can treat them better. All they had been doing was legitimately taking some pieces of, or taking some glasses, putting tape on them, and that was all they had. It was some blue painter's tape. That was it. 
And that doesn't do the situation justice. That mm. doesn't do a left field cut justice because that is exactly what I said it's not doing in your brain, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That is covering up your vision. So uh, what we did was we tried to figure out, well, how can we do this with technology? How can we address a left field cut? Um, and I had been tinkering with uh, Unity, which is the... Um, the uh, platform, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the developing environment that uh, it's actually used for games. It's mm-hmm. used for video games, but uh, VR and augmented reality is essentially a video game it, it, in a different kind of sense. So I had been tinkering with this, and I it ended up being the the irony of it is I made exactly what they were using with the glasses in Unity. I took a piece of um, blackness and put it into the stereoscopic view and that was that mm-hmm. but when you take that uh, take that phone for instance we, we made it for a phone a phone app it's like google cardboard google thing? cardboard okay. exactly. well that but cut a hole out right because okay. it needs to be augmented reality so yep. the camera is running okay so i took that once you put that into a cardboard headset or whatever then you realign the um, lenses in there so you're not seeing cross-eyed constantly mm-hmm. well, when you do that you naturally block out the parts that are being blocked out you are doing in the headset what that like uh, patient's brain is doing as they're trying to just live their lives mm-hmm. so you realign that and then all of a sudden your vision looks very similar to someone who has an at left field cuts vision uh, when we were testing this um, I was working with this uh faculty member uh carla slable and she she puts this on to test it instantly she opens up her journal or her her um her calendar and her posture distorts Hmm. she opens up this journal and she puts it a little bit off to her right and she's looking down and she's like i don't know if this is if we need to bring the cut in more it doesn't seem like it's doing as much as i i thought it would be and I said, Carla, if you see what I'm seeing, I think, like, just think about your posture and how uncomfortable that is right now because your body is, like, twisted. Um, and she thought about it. And she pulled the, the headset up and she realized where that journal was sitting, not in front of her like right. she thought. It was right. sitting off to the side. And uh, she was like, oh, whoa, like this, you're right. It's, Interesting. It's, and yeah, we ended up doing a little bit of tweaking, but ultimately, like, that was effective just in so, so the students was. then can use that app and, and develop some more empathy around yeah, what exactly. that exactly yeah they can further understand you know what these folks are going through and right. i think that's like a, you know that's obviously a big part of being in like physical therapy and um occupational therapy right. is like understanding or, or health sciences in general understanding sure. your patient and their experiences to better diagnose them or better work with them or you know whatever their needs are kind of meet them there instead of being ignorant to the situation and um yeah well i saw this in a book or i understand this from tape on a lens so that must be what they're experiencing well that doesn't do it justice so um I don't know. That was very rewarding. And that actually is getting taken to the national conference occupational therapy. I don't know what the Something thing is. Yeah, it's, it's, it up here. it's so getting it's taken the, to a conference. It's the American Occupational Therapy Association 
annual conference. That's right. Yeah, coming up so in April. That is being presented. Carla is going down there and presenting that um, down in uh, Louisiana. Yep. And um, I knew where it was. I don't know what it was called. Uh, <laughs> the important thing. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, yeah, I could get you there, right? Um, so I, uh, yeah, we're, I'm super excited to see how that, that's received. My next step right now is to get that onto um, both the Apple Play Store and, or the, the, the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. Yep. And let that be open for anybody to download and work with because awesome. there's no reason why it shouldn't be. I mm-hmm. mean, that's my thinking. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's just one of many examples. many examples. But that's been kind of the shining example for me that's still kind of like I made something and now it's going off and doing its own thing and that's really exciting to see. Well, and it really highlights what one of the true possible benefits of of mixed reality is, which is the possibility of building greater empathy. Right? Yeah. By yeah. Putting people into situations or environments that they're not accustomed to. Exactly. And gaps. Exactly. And that's why I think like in the liberal arts, particularly, I see so much application where, you know, we could create something or there could already be something created that mm-hmm. you drop into that, um, okay, this is the experience of somebody in XYZ area in ABC time and go from there. That helps you understand what's happening, what that lifestyle was like, wh- how people would react to whatever um, and and go from there. I think that there's a lot of value to that. Me as a learner, I got my undergrad in um, a bachelor's of fine arts in photography. So I didn't have that kind of well-roundedness. I was very almost parochial. We had other things, obviously. We had math and and history, but a lot of it was very arts-centric. But I didn't, in that process, really get a great full picture and an understanding of, okay, even in an art history class, a lot of it, from my memory and in my opinion, was uh, this was a piece. This person did it. Here's some facts about it. And what year did that happen? And what year, exactly, what year did that happen? (laughs) Maybe where it happened. That's about it. I don't, that isn't a, that isn't one, I mean, I guess I see where it applies to me, but I don't necessarily see where, or I guess how it would apply to me, you know, at that time, right? So, uh, there's an art, artist, Hieronymus Bosch. He's a oh, Dutch yes. painter. I love Hieronymus Bosch. He's super weird. <laughs> um, he creates paintings how I drew as a kid, which was, here's a big thing. And here's a ton <laughs> of stuff happening. In it. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with like hell and the afterlife and all this other stuff. But ultimately, like I, it, I learned later the reason why he did a lot of these things is because he watched his village burn down and it freaked oh. him out. Mm. I would have loved to know that when he created that and had a better understanding of, I guess, his life or the life of a, you know, somebody near him uh, or just, I don't know, in Europe at that point in time. And to do that and to build con- uh, context, I see that being able to be applied in VR a lot. Building context, I think, is huge. For instance, uh, we've got a faculty member here, and I was chatting with him about just kind of 
an aside about what I've been doing with stuff like this. And he is a history uh, teacher. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly what I've been wanting to Bring do. Bring history to life. Yeah. So I was like, okay, how can we do this? You know, we're starting with baby steps. We aren't going, you know, we aren't full blown making a, this is what life is like here, whatever. Um, he actually bought a 360 camera and he covers civil rights um, in history. Specifically, uh, he did a whole course, well, not a whole course, but part of the project was actually locally in Grand Rapids, how civil rights affected um, things in Grand Rapids, uh, things that happened. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a few incidences, like I, I'm not totally enlightened as to all the details, but there were some, some things that happened um, in these different neighborhoods also, they talk about gentrification. Also, they talked about like some stuff that happened on South Division. So he went down to these different places, took 360 degree uh, images, and then had the students do research on these places. They collected, you know, they, they pretty much wrote reports. They collected YouTube videos. They found images from the archives, things like that. And what they did was they created these final projects, these reports, but they broke it up into these different elements and put them into the um, 360 degree kind of universe, right? So you pop on a headset and you can look over across the street from where he took this picture and this thing will highlight and open up and say, okay, this is where this happened. This is what happened. This, these were the consequences of it. This is you know how this expanded in and works within the larger civil rights movement and so on. And they just kind of went from there or you opened up this other spot and saw a historical image of, okay, this house was on fire because these people showed up because these other people lived there and so on. So mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing uh, starts to build context with students. Of, oh, yeah, this is not just a thing I learned about. This isn't a thing that happened. It happened here. Yeah. And it happened around me. And I can put on this headset and, it, you know, I can, you know, obviously you can't be necessarily transformed in a contemporary image to back then, but uh, you can start to understand that it, this isn't a thing that happened somewhere else to someone else. This is a thing that happened locally to and people you, and who you, can you may visit know. that exact exactly, spot. exactly yeah. provides amazing connection with what you're learning to the con the, the world we're living in right now. Right? Yeah, so it exactly. gives you a lot of perspective. Yeah, so I think I don't know. A big theme of my life has been helping others build perspective on their lives mm -hmm. and the, the world around them. And this is one thing that just kind of adds to it. And I think it's been very empowering. I don't think that the technology hardware itself has been as accessible ever until, you know, in the past few years, and it's only going to get more accessible mm -hmm. as far as who, not, not necessarily, um, I don't mean accessible in, in ADA accessibility. I mean accessible in... Available. Available, yeah. uh, uh, financially accessible, mm -hmm. we'll say that. Um, and just size, right? I have awful posture, and uh, when I put a headset on, it tears my neck up. Uh, as these things become lighter, I can, with, I can withstand that for longer. Mm -hmm. um, I can develop on it for longer. Uh, and that's only going to be getting better. And I think that, I mean, I saw the writing on the wall a few years ago and I knew that wherever I was going to go in my career, that needed to be tapped into. I'm stoked to do it here and I'm stoked to be doing it 
for people who can take this and make something of the world, you know, so. Okay, so we talked about empathy as being something that mixed reality can help help generate or at least foster. We talked about context and maybe you used the word perspective a moment ago. And I think perspective might actually bring both of those things into play. I, yeah. think, I think perspective, I can see how context and empathy are both part of those. Um, I'd like to imagine that now or someday there might be even a single faculty member listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, and I know there's going to be some people who can immediately see the benefits for incorporating it into how they teach. And there'll be some who can't quite see what the connection is to their particular subject matter. Are there other aspects of mixed reality that you can see being relevant to, I'm not gonna choose a particular discipline, but things that um, might be things you can latch onto to help see how it's relevant or- yeah. That question was so much clearer in my head. Yeah, I, well, that's it, a super. It makes more sense, right? In some disciplines, so yeah, like healthcare absolutely. or you know some, something like a visual thing. Yeah, right? it's something that's uh, without going down a, a weird road. Something that is a little more parochial in mm -hmm. nature. You can you know the experiential learning. You can see where that's obviously could be applied, and you know I could have someone doing whatever. Uh, task they need to learn how to do before they actually do it so they don't hurt themselves or somebody else or whatever. Um, but there's also a lot of other things and that's something we're starting to work on with some faculty too, uh, uh, particularly with Mary Carpen in uh, the chemistry department where she, is, we've been tinkering with looking at um, molecules and things like that at a, at a different size, um, kind of to scale to each other, but blow them up by 100 right so we've been looking at that and thinking okay this is kind of interesting it's cool to look at mary is a huge vr nut if she and she has told me multiple times if she could just like live in it she would she is always like i was born too early like i need to like i'm not gonna have enough time to in my life to like be a part of this whole thing um and i keep telling her like it's you're fine. It's 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 gonna be here sooner than you think. Uh, but what we've started to do, so we've been tinkering with this whole thing, and it's been a good um, proving ground as far as to see if and how I can do these things. Right, put an object into the Hololens. I do a lot of developing on the Hololens. Put an object into the Hololens. Walk around it. Awesome. Now I get to see DNA, and it's huge. Like I make it six foot tall and you can see between the parts of the helix and things like that. Mm -hmm. Cool. But why? Like, you know, what's the next step? Because that's, that has some wow factor and I, you know, you can start to see, okay, I can examine this closer, but past that, you know, what can I do there that can't I do in video or just mm -hmm. looking on a 2d screen or something like that. Um, so we're actually starting to develop a, an, in scholarship, a study, of, okay, I wanna take virtual reality, I wanna take HoloLens augmented reality, I wanna take a phone, I wanna take video, I wanna take pictures, I wanna take good old writing in a book and start to compare those as to kind of this sort of little, maybe not necessarily conceptual subject matter, but um, less about experiential learning and more about, okay, here is a thing, learn about it. Like you need to know the parts of a cell 
is that going to have benefit in AR and VR? Like, what are the benefits that give the edge over looking at a picture? So, like, um, looking at the learning outcomes across those modalities exactly. and then seeing if there's a difference. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and and that, you know, that's something where I don't necessarily know if I have a good answer as to how that makes it better other than, you know, it's cool to be in VR, but that's not, that's right. not a good answer. Um so I'm very excited and interested to see what we come up with and how we execute this and um, and where we go from there because you know that could open up a whole uh, whole new can of worms with um, VR and what it's capable of if we can make that apply in a, a meaningful way. Um, that kind of covers a lot of education. So how if I was interested in learning more about the what a digital media developer does, or I'm interested in creating some augmented reality experiences for my students. Where do I, where do I go to get help? I would say contact me. And, uh, f for now that is probably our best bet, um, at my email, B R I D W E H U at gvsu.edu. But also, um, we're, we're going to be, uh, moving, uh, the technology showcase where a lot of this technology lives um, into uh, a little bit more of this model, similar to how we have the digital studio uh, at Grand Valley, where faculty come and say, I've got this idea, I want to do it. And our our film students, uh, and as well as Justin and myself say, okay, we'll figure out how to make it happen. Uh, we're going to start doing that a little bit more in the technology showcase. And I am excited to see and hear from faculty who have an idea that is maybe outside the realm of something they've ever tried before. The thing is, is like with a lot of, I think the e-learnings situation is like faculty don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of unknown unknowns and uh, they don't know what could the potential be, I guess, what they're capable of and what, the the subject matter is capable of as far as creating things that could be very beneficial for their students using technology using ar using video using whatever so um yeah that is definitely down the road uh say okay you got an idea we'll figure it out let's do it you know i don't i don't want to wait for you know somebody to give me permission i'm just gonna Right. I got some awesome projects. So. Yeah, come with your idea and we'll walk it through together. It's yeah, awesome. We'll figure out a way. Super. So, yeah, that's what's up. Awesome. Well, Hunter, thank you for joining us here on T-Squared and for bringing the coffee. Absolutely. So, T-Squared listeners, what you can't tell right now is that Hunter and Eric just magically disappeared from my office. Um, and... As we were going through, uh, we had so much great stuff to talk about with Hunter that we've decided that our conversation with our digital media developers will cover not just one episode of our podcast, but two. So think about this as a to be continued. Um, so until the next episode, when we'll hear from Justin Milik, our other digital media developer, this has been T-Squared, a teaching and learning podcast. See ya. Despite what Matt said on multiple occasions, T 
T-Squared is a teaching and technology podcast produced by Grand Valley State University's e-learning and emerging technologies team. Our theme music is from Bill Ryan and the Grand Valley State University New Music Ensemble. Rather than silly disclaimers, today I'd like to read you a poem I wrote. Oven, a haiku. Diverted today. A heated, oven salutes. Despite the circle. T-squared.